I've had friends that do that that make over six figures now. So like, it's kind of nuts. I will say the most common though, and I think the most recommended is do it while you have a job. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Curtis Cast, the podcast that helps you turn your passion project into your million dollar profession. My name is Braxton Curtis. Today we're going to be talking about how to handle burnout like a pro. Have you ever given up on a project and you didn't understand why? You still love what you do and you still want to do it, but you just can't bring yourself to it because you're tired or you're unmotivated or whatever. Well, this isn't your fault and it's called burnout. This episode is dedicated to helping you handle burnout, how to manage it. Today, we're going to be hearing from one of my friends and from an amazing photographer, Emmett Scalbassi. Emmett is a freelance photographer from Olympia, Washington, that was able to quit his corporate job and book out an entire year of paid photo shoots to support himself. And he did that all within just a couple of years of picking up a camera. Now, if you're like me, and that sounds impossible, um, or that even, you know, can make you angry because you've tried a million different things and haven't found the success that you wanted. Well, Emmett is here to say that that is not your fault and that you've been struck by burnout and haven't really had the proper tools to get out of it. Well, this episode was made to fix that. Hope y'all enjoy. I worked a full-time job. It was like Monday through Friday, like seven to four, just very standard. Like I worked for like the state or okay. for a state agency. It's like super easy, like Monday through Friday schedule. Yeah. I got decent benefits. I was able to like take like vacation days, like here and there and whatnot. Yeah. Monday through Friday, seven to four, I would be working like my day job on my breaks. I'd be like posting on Instagram or like my Facebook business page, things like that. Maybe doing that at my desk. Don't recommend, you know, risking your job <laughs> to do that. But like, that was like just what I did. And then like on the weekends, I would, uh, and like after I'd get off from my day job, I'd either like work or practice at photography. Okay. Um, I'd either be like doing a session that I was getting paid for or like working on my website or something along those lines. I basically had that business and like my job for like two years. That is like a very like comfortable way to do it. It's not a scary. Uh, the scary thing would be to just like pick up a camera and quit your job. Yeah. That'd be like the really scary way to do really it. Really scary. The way I did it. Yeah. No, I mean, I've had friends that do that and make over six figures now. So like it's kind of nuts. All right. So. I will say the most common though, and I think the most recommended is do it while you have a job. So I did that and I was also able to be kind of picky about the clients I took on because I had stable income. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was able to kind of like be excited about the work I was taking on with photography and like be picky about it because I had stable income coming in. So you've been doing this total three and a half years. Took you two years to get to the point where you quit your job? What was that leap like? You told me that sure. it was really scary. So leading up to leaving my uh, leaving my job, I was going through these cycles of burnout like okay. very regularly. They were becoming more frequent. So I was like, okay, like they're getting more frequent and I'm going through burnout regularly working this full-time job and like photography. So like in theory, that means like I will just be living in a state of burnout if I keep going sure. the direction I'm going. So, and then like my client experience started to suffer. So I was like, okay, now I know, like these are the symptoms of me not quitting my job. These are the consequences of my like current behavior of like playing it safe. The potential consequences of not playing it safe could be I come back to work, I quit my, you know, like if I fail at going full time. Yeah. So I, I took a look at like the consequences of staying the same and like going full time. And I was like, it makes more sense for me to take the leap and go full time. And 
I was like kind of chickening out on it. And my buddy Andrew, he's a uh, filmmaker, and he was like, "Yo, dude, like sometimes you kind of like like quitting and going full time will force you to figure it out. You'll yeah. have to make it work. Yeah, you you just won't fail. That's the thing is like you will figure it out and you won't fail. And I mean, really, as long as you don't burn a bridge with where you're at, everything that you could have lost. You could have easily yeah, gotten a, back. Sure, sure. That's the other thing about like really scary decisions. Mm. I think a lot of people like, at least like for me, I forget to consider when I'm making a scary decision is that like it's not black and white. You don't have to go all in. You don't have to risk the house, the wife and kids. And yeah, dog. you can like if you start fucking up, you can like course correct. Yeah. I don't think people give themselves enough credit to course correct. What Emmett says about the ability to course correct just hits home with me so much. I always fall into the trap of thinking when I'm making a decision that it's either worst case scenario or best case scenario, and it's not going to be anything in the in between. But in reality, the most likely answer, the most obvious answer, is probably somewhere in between. So if you do go off track a little bit, you have the ability to course correct. It's a trap to think that you don't have that ability to think that it's just going to be one or the other. It's not. It's very, very gray. So your actions will swing you either one way or the other. Now, one of the biggest things that you're going to struggle with, like the rest of us do, is something called burnout. And this is one of the reasons why I really wanted to have Emmett come on the show, because he is a freaking pro about dealing with burnout. Um, you know, building a business while working a full-time job is hard. I know it's hard. I'm doing it right now. You're listening to it. It takes a lot out of you. And a few things that Emmett does, a few things that he has actually taught me, and I hope that you learn from this as well, is how to manage that, how to deal with these, you know, cycles or waves of burnout that just kind of, you know, drown out your motivation or make you think down on yourself. That happens to a lot of people. I a lot of the photographers that I first hung out with and started hanging out with, they didn't want to pursue it as a career because they were concerned it would ruin the right. passion and the hobby for them. Yeah, and that obviously hasn't happened to you. I've come to find for me it's more of like a relationship. Okay. It, it's like it's something that takes uh, active work and like the right kind of work. It's like a push and pull. You know, there there uh there's been a couple times when I've burnt out sure. and I was like you know, sitting there and I was like, is this really what I want to be doing? And that's scary. But I, I've come to find that like you, in order for me at least to make it through that stuff, I just had to keep like looking for the things that made it worth it. Okay. And then like there have been times, you know, after a burnout where like I come back to it after like resting or taking care of myself, doing whatever I need to do, where I felt a lot better about it. Yeah. What were kind of some of the things that burn you out? For me, I find when I'm like living like a re reactionary state, I'll end up burning out. But if I'm like really intentional with my time, that like helps me not burn out. Okay, so you keep a pretty tight calendar, like a list or now something. Like, now, now you I do, do. <laughs> but in the beginning yeah, stages. So, no, last year the things that like led to me burning out. So I'm trying to like. So what happened was last year was a crazy summer for me. I ended up going back to San Francisco later in the summer, and I had to drive down there. So it was like a 14, 16 hour drive. Mm -hmm. I had work before it and after it. So I was just like exhausted. Yeah. And I like woke up in the hotel room, just like totally fried, Jeez. like seven o'clock in the morning. I have to shoot a wedding in like three hours. Oh. And I'm like, I'm done. I don't know if I like even want to do this anymore. Yeah. So it was just like, I think it was just like overbooking, not enough time at home, not enough time like focused on like enjoying. Yeah. And kind of 
not understanding the strain it puts yeah. kind of on your body. Yeah. Because right? uh, I've noticed like I need like my rest and my like chill time to do yeah. whatever I need to do to keep me a human is just as important, if not more important than the stuff I'm sure, doing to build my sure, future. Totally. Well, it's like and it's hard to like want to rest when you really love what you're working towards. Yeah, you work <laughs> a lot. But yeah. I mean, it doesn't really sound like it. you you feel like it's work a lot of the time. It, no. it kind of feels like you you have your system in place. It yeah. works and you enjoy it. And you got into the point where you don't burn out yeah now now more so yeah and i was going to compliment the way you talked about burning out it's like talking about you get a cold like you you treat it the same like it's something you can very easily happen you need to take care of it and you need to do everything you can to make sure it doesn't happen again yeah well i kind of just approach that stuff like like not just mental illness but like mental health in the sense of like okay so like if you need to if you get a cold what do you do you take like vitamin c you take your vitamins you take care of yourself you get extra rest if you get like a mental cold, like a burnout or like you're depressed or something like that, like what are the things that like I can objectively do that might release some serotonin to make me feel better? Yeah. And then how do I make sure that doesn't happen again? Regularly do those things. Yeah. What are some of your things? Uh, the gym is like yeah. one of them. Rest time specific, like time specifically, like where I'm not obligated to do anything. Okay. Uh, hanging out with my girlfriend's always good for my brain. Uh, making sure I get enough sleep. And I would say like those are like the main So really things. taking care of like your health. Yeah. It sounds like is the big one. Exercise, eating right, sleep. Yep. Kind of the yeah, main just things. Yeah, like kind of like the typical stuff. And giving yourself time to not have to think about. Yeah, just chill and enjoy Anything. You know, that's it. Be intentional with your time. Getting enough sleep. Allowing yourself to be awake and not be working. Like scheduling idle time. And most importantly, if you start to experience a burnout handle it. These are all things that we learned as a very young kid to grow ourselves into adulthood. Now, we got to do the same thing with our business. You know, we got to grow our our young business into kind of a flourishing adult. And we do that by doing the things that we just talked about. This all ties in to personal growth. You're growing your business is also growing yourself. The whole New Orleans thing, yeah. changed our life like we didn't really post a whole lot about what happened to us down there we got down there our stuff didn't show up for eight weeks so we lived in an empty apartment for Whoa. two months like no towels no shower curtains Whoa. nothing like that and then when our stuff finally did show up yeah the movers had gone through it and stole everything valuable Whoa! so like did you guys do one of those shipping container things no so we actually hired the most reputable company that we could find paid a good amount of money yeah and then they just fucked us in every avenue it sucked but what we learned is that possessions aren't very important oh interesting okay and what is important is our quality of life yeah and we learned about what we really want to have in our future we sure. want to make sure that when we move across country again, yeah, that I can throw everything I own away and start over. And be cool with that. And be cool with that. Dude, something like that can really check your priorities. It could really fucking check you. Like, I lost things from my childhood that I thought, like, I would be lost without. Sure. And I was for a week. Yeah. Emotional and mental clutter is the same way, though. Dude, it is. It, 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 you got to, like, find that shit and throw that shit away, too. Yeah. you Stop being mad at people for no yeah. reason. Be done with people. Don't be mad at them. Yeah, dude. So, for me, it was a... Uh, I had to learn how to forgive people, not for the sake of the relationship, but for the sake of my own mental health. Yes. And, like, that, like, for me, like, it is a completely different conversation from photography. But uh, that, for me, changed, like, the dynamic of that. And, like, like it increased my desire to forgive people. Yeah, and it does tie into your 
photography because if does. you hold on to that shit, you can't progress. Oh, yeah. You cannot move forward. That is actually such a good point. So my photography has changed a lot since I started because of the healing that I've done and the shit that I let go of. So when I first started, my style was very dark and moody. And like, that's cool. Like you can have that. But then like, I, as I became a happier and healthier and more loving person, I wanted my work to represent that. This is going to be really fucked up. Uh, <laughs> I honestly think to be a really good artist, I think you need to be a little fucked in the head to make good art. You need to come from some trauma. And maybe it's not so much just like you got to have some trauma or like have something fucked up about you. It's like you got to know what are those individual unique characteristics of your story and figure out how to like kind of like share that through your art. And like that's like what brings it that umph. Yeah. And, And I think that's what like most humans have is like their unique challenges that they face in life. Yeah. I think uh one of the the ways that when I go through something really bad, that's one of the things I stay positive about is like, I know, okay, this sucks. I'm hurt. I'm broken. But I know in six months or a year or however long, like this is going to be something that I am going to talk about and learn from. Sure. And it's it's just temporary. Yeah. Like this, this sucks right now, but listen, it's not going to suck here right, very, right, right. for very long. Well, and I think when you get to that point of healing where like your trauma no longer hurts and you don't regret it, you're like okay with it because you like who you are now. Yeah. Then like when you're facing adversity, it's not as bad. It's not nearly as bad. Because you're like, okay, like I'm still grateful for where I'm at. And part of that is like the pain. So that means if something painful is going on right now, that means I'm still going to like where I'm at. Right. So nothing's ever going to be that bad. Nothing's that bad. I'm glad you said grateful because I made a, uh, I had a Dano in here from Grub and Chill a couple weeks ago, just kind of talking about how he started. But he said something that resonated me. He said that he lives in gratitude. Yeah. And I was like, what? What in the fuck does that even mean? Because that sounds like a bunch of bullshit that you ripped off some corny TV show. It sounds like something from a 12-step program. Right, exactly. (laughs) And uh, I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, listen, every day, whenever I have time, I I say what I'm grateful for, and I say it aloud. And the reasoning behind that is... It's not that like positivity is going to start magically happen to you and nothing negative is ever going to, you know, stop. But if you start recognizing things aloud that when the bad shit happens, you're not you're not giving it any attention. So it doesn't really matter in your life. Oh, sure. So if you're constantly flooding your brain with positive shit, like when you're in the car, I'm thankful for this car. I'm thankful the the job that I'm going to, the right. home that I'm going I to. I get to drive this car. I get, I get to, to drive this home. car. I, I get to have exactly. this Exactly. Yeah, then yeah. everything good seems so much height, more heightened. And then yeah. when bad shit happens, no matter how bad it is, you're like, all right. Yeah. All right. Not that big of a deal. I, I think that's a really good point. Because like whenever, like, this is actually something that like my therapist and I have like gone over before. It's like whenever like some shit like goes sideways, it's like, cool. Like that just gives me time to focus on the other shit. Going yeah. On Exactly. And have you ever noticed like when something bad happens to you, you repeat this, what happened in your head over and over and over and over and over again, and you can't help it? Yeah, I I have to consciously stop myself from doing it. Right. So the same thing happens when you say, when you do positive things. Oh, sure. It's the exact same thing. If you flood your brain with positive shit, or if everybody in the room is being negative and you say one positive thing, 
the shit starts to stick and yeah. it spreads. I learned this from like one of my previous therapists and like the, it's like creating the pathways in your brain to like think that like more positively. Yeah. And like when you get into the habit of doing that, it becomes more natural for your brain to default to like good things. Yeah. And you can feel it. I've only been like doing this for like a week now or a week and a day. And there's, I've noticed an instant change in my entire life. You know, this was the first time I've ever heard of the term emotional mental clutter. And it makes a lot of sense. You know, if you allow yourself to forgive people or increase your desire to forgive people, it, it frees up space in your brain that you wouldn't normally have. You know, and what happened in Emmett's case is for his, his photography or his craft went from kind of a dark and moody place to a more positive and healthy and more importantly, successful place. And then if you add the stuff about living in gratitude, you're destined for success and more importantly, continuous growth in your business. Being honest with yourself and holding yourself accountable can be like really difficult in the sense of like, okay, like what is the, like my actual like motive behind this behavior? Yeah. It's like, oh, and, and like catching yourself on some toxic bullshit oh. is like always so uncomfortable. Yeah. And like for me, like, it, like working on like trust issues for me, like, it, you know, relationships always bring those up. Yeah. So like asking myself like okay what are my like actual motives behind sending this text yes. message to my girlfriend it's like oh i'm trying to catch her cheating on yeah me. like yeah, what I've the totally fuck is that, that dude like, why why yeah. are you, why are you clouding your mind with this bullshit yeah i'm like what like what are you what bullshit are you letting fester in your head so much so that you got to project it onto your girlfriend yeah so if you can stop and ask yourself okay why am i like this sure. or why am i doing the things and, that and i'm what doing do i actually want to accomplish yeah you probably won't send that message like ever but stopping your in mid is the hardest part well so like i've always like thought too that like the space between like stimuli and like response yeah is like where growth happens yes and like the like the wider you can make that that space like yeah. the longer that gap like the better chance you have of being like a good person how are you growing man uh so that's a like great question yeah that's so interesting because like my personal growth affects my business so much yeah so that's always like a really interesting question. I think right now, as far as like growing my business, like revenue wise mm -hmm. in a very just like looking at it objectively, mm -hmm. uh, what I'm currently looking at doing is like adding value to what I'm providing my clients okay. and charging more for that value. Okay. So you're kind of going to do like a cost of living, like a yearly change in price, or do you think you're going to scale up just as you get better or... It's scaling up as I become a more, like, better. As okay. I become more valuable and, like, my expertise becomes more valuable. Okay. And I put a lot into it. But, like, so, like, right now as far as growing my business goes, that is, like, what I'm doing is, like, putting together, like, guides of information for my clients, things okay. that help them be successful with their relationship with me and their session or their wedding, things like that. Okay. Answering questions, just, like, making sure I'm delivering as much value as possible and, like, charging accordingly for that. So how do you handle burnout like a pro? Well, you avoid it. Well, not that easy. So how do you really handle it? You handle it by living in an actionary state of mind versus a reactionary state of mind. You clear up any emotional clutter that you might have and allow yourself to forgive people or forgive the situation that you're in. And most of all, you understand that your professional growth is directly affected to your personal growth. You cannot grow your business if you are not growing yourself.
All right, that wraps up this episode of the Curtis Cast. If you want to hear from more people like Emmett and myself talking about burnout or sharing tips and tricks on how to move forward in your million dollar business, then make sure that you check out the Curtis Cast Facebook page or the Curtis Cast members Facebook group. It's 100% free and it really gives you a chance to introduce yourself, introduce your business, ask me questions, ask people like Emmett questions so we can all grow together. It's it's a tough game out there trying to grow a business from scratch, but the Curtis Cast Facebook group is here to help with that. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I can't wait for you to hear the next one. My name is Braxton Curtis and I'm out. <laughs>